0: And here we go. The this Goose. I don't
1: apocalypse on Shabbos. Trump <laughs> Shabbos.
0: I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs>
1: yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential
0: 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science.
1: But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views.
0: I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Get me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, No. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Kavaner, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film past or present absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Hey, don't be crazy, Justin. That's what I do. I'm a crazy man. Yeah. Do you have a business card for that? I've been trying to find a good one on Yelp. A good crazy person on Yelp. <laughs> yeah. I I am working on... <laughs> I got my R&D Ooh. working on the, the kick-ass business card for go to Vi- Vista Print, man. You got to yeah. print your own cards. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They do everything. I had shirts made there once.
1: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very niche market where... You can find things like that. And I've always thought about if I were to, well, when I retire, I kind of want to do a mundane business like creating rubber bands for bread or like the the plastic things for bread. I want to be that company because
0: I, I bet the market is pretty small for that. <laughs> yeah, you have that, <laughs> little, you have that little stupid plastic clip. That yeah. you, you take off and it just vanishes right out of your kitchen as soon as you, you <laughs> remove it from the bread. You're like, Where, what do I do with that thing? So then you, got, you just you got, got to roll it up and then just tuck it underneath it. <laughs> so stupid.
1: I know, but I would make a fortune and I wouldn't have any competition. I feel like that's what Vistaprint is. They're like, we're going to do everything and no one can compete with us. So yeah. I this, this podcast is not sponsored by Vistaprint, but that would be cool.
0: Yeah, we should get shirts made from Vistaprint. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it should say fat fucking batch Who <laughs> <laughs> talks like that? <laughs> you, I, we we did it for the Christmas sp- spectacular when you um did. We were talking about Christmas vacation, and then you were like Chevy Chase is a fat fucking batch Oh I don't, know yeah, why. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but it was just so freaking random. So it's now oh, Justin. It's a Justinism.
0: I was trying to think right. No, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's from that song. Um, Let me borrow that top. Have you ever heard of that? It's like by Kelly, and no. he's uh, like. He's just trying to borrow this. It's such a cute top. I want to borrow it. <laughs> the music's playing. Let me borrow the top. And then there's this part where he's like, "I've already been to heaven." And after five minutes, I was like, "Let's go." <laughs> and, then, and then, and then he gets frustrated that he can't get the top. So then he's like, "He's like, let me just let me borrow that top. You're just a you're just a fat fucking bitch, and I want, I want that top. I, I don't know how I just pulled it out of my vault. I haven't heard that song in, in at least 15 years, but yeah, Chevy Chase is a fat fucking bitch." credit to (laughs) kelly anyway this isn't this isn't the you know chevy chase and vista print podcast this is the don't be crazy podcast
1: uh, yeah. Um, before we jump into the film, uh, I just want to give a recommendation on what I what I've been watching. I watched two Netflix movies uh, that are available if you have Netflix. But I watched Marriage Story and Dolomite is my name. Marriage Story is incredible. It's Kyle. It's Kylo Ren. It's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it is a somber film but it is an alternative love story. I do recommend it highly. Wait, 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 what does an alternative love story mean? So it's, it's a couple who is married and they're going through a divorce, but, it's also them finding out why they love each other. It's, it's hard to explain. You just have to see it. And it's so visceral and so authentic. And I don't think there is a single bad performance in the film. So it's worth every praise that that it's getting from um, you know critics and the Academy. It's up for a bunch of Academy Awards. And Adam Driver's has to be probably my favorite actor working right now. Scarlett Johansson is amazing in it, too. Laura Dern is amazing in it. But I, I highly recommend it. It's a very good film. So um, yeah, and then uh, Dolomite is my name is the resurgence of Eddie Murphy, and I think he's he's outstanding in this movie based on the true story of Rudy Ray Moore, who kind of just basically created this persona for himself without anything to go on. And I I, I think it's very funny. It has a a who's who of comedians in it, and it
0: is a good comeback for Eddie Murphy. So highly recommend. Um, Do you have anything to recommend or what I'm watching? No. Yeah. I'm just I've been going through uh just watching stuff that I enjoy. I haven't been going into new stuff. I've just been doing a lot of the old like uh Lord of the Rings and I, forget, I don't even remember what I watched last night <laughs> i I really don't and I'm kind of sad about that i was I spent a good portion of my evening on the couch watching something and I do not remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus,
1: do you yeah, remember your address dude, and your phone
0: number? You I have need the longest know? address ever. I can't stand it. I feel like such an asshole whenever I got to tell somebody what it is because like never it never ends. It's is like it? when it's when you do when you order something and then over the phone or something, it's like standby for your confirmation code, and then you've reserved enough space for maybe like six to eight digits on a on a tablet, you know, or a sticky note, and then the number just keeps going. <laughs> it's like a fifteen-digit confirmation code. <laughs> uh, Jesus, I hate that. <laughs> I, I really, I honestly, have what? no idea what the hell I watched last night. That's so weird. Oh, I know what it was. That's it was okay. Star Trek. You- it was, it was oh, the good. um, uh, like Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, JJ Abrams, Star Trek. That's what I watched last night.
1: Nice. I really liked that Star Trek. That was a uh, was a fun one.
0: It's good. I like it when the music. I, I love uh, Giacchino's music score in that. Mm-hmm. When it's like. Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, oh, my God, Star Trek. (laughs) Um, But that's that's what I watched. How funny. I couldn't even remember. It's been a long night. (laughs) Wild and crazy summer in January. You don't even know. Yeah. Well, today we are doing
1: Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2019. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is directed by Bob Perschetti. Wait, wait, what year did it come out? 2019. Did, did it really? I'm pretty positive it was 2009. It was 2018. Sorry, oh. <laughs> I, I, I have my I have my years wrong because I didn't even know it was 2020 <laughs> until yesterday. So, um, anyways, it is directed by Bob Perschad, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Uh, Chris Miller also produced it. So Lord and Miller, they are responsible for the Lego Movie, and they were supposed to do solo solo but they catherine kennedy was like eh
0: no me gusta (laughs) yeah back your shit and get (laughs) ultimately it was uh, cited as (laughs) creative differences that's that's, i
1: I, i'm gonna start saying that in any relationship that i get out of them i go there's creative differences (laughs) yeah uh this movie stars shameek moore jake johnson Haley steinfeld mahershala ali Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Be- Velez, Zoe Kravitz. I love her so much. John Mullaney, Kamiko Glenn, Nicholas Cage, Katherine Hahn, Lee Schreiber, Chris Pine, Natalie Morales, and that's it. There's there's other people too. But anyways, that's the cast. Um, do you have the reviews in front of you?
0: I do. I, I would like to say that this voice cast was absolutely superb and knocked it out of the park. Like Jake Johnson like just makes me cry when i watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think he is just the funniest dude ever. <laughs> I completely and, agree. and i i just buy into whatever he's selling. Fantastic. I completely agree with you. Um let's see. What did you want? You wanted the reviews, the critical reception? Yes, sir. Um sure. Well, let's let's go to the ever popular Rotten Tomatoes. Uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse just Wait. happens to be what Wait, i bet we're going to get one from the Christian Science uh, <laughs> report. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I was that guy. He's everywhere. (laughs) Holy smokes, he's omnipresent on the Rotten (laughs) Tomatoes. It's like, dude, when do you have time for church? You're always watching the motion picture shows. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, Anyway, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a certified fresh. It is 97 from (laughs) what? (laughs) I thought it was funny. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I'm a funny guy. I'm drinking my funny juice, my monster with taurine and B plus vitamins. It doesn't say plus. I just like to add. But <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, just so right. so you know, full disclosure, it doesn't have B plus vitamins. It's just <laughs> I just like to say that. Whole Foods any week. Ah, okay. Anyway, certified fresh, ninety seven percent from the. Critics, and then 93% from the audience. So, everyone seems to enjoy this movie. Minus, you know, 7%. They're a bunchy, of what you call yahoos. But, let's check this out. Who do we got here? David Sims from The Atlantic. He says, the latest entry in the fully saturated genre that somehow, through sheer creative gumption, does something new. How about that? Do you believe... That this genre is oversaturated?
1: Um, I think... Well, he says yeah. fully,
0: but do you believe that it's oversaturated?
1: Are we talking like superhero films? Yes. Yes, totally. I think it's, it's way oversaturated. I think that pretty much any time that I see a trailer uh, at the movie theater, it is for a, a reboot of an 80s movie franchise or a remake, or it is a new superhero film. And it is getting a little stale in my mind. Uh, especially Spider-Man. This is now. This is what now the fourth uh, iteration of Spider-Man. I think on the big screen. Maybe the third iteration of Spider-Man on the big screen.
0: Well, you ha- in but, in yeah. this decade alone, there were two amazing Spider-Man films. There was two Tom not Holland like ones, yeah, and true, then yeah. and then a Spider Verse. So that's five in ten years. That's a lot of spiders. Yeah, it's not too. That is a lot of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> them spiders be fucking all the time making most <laughs> spiders it's crazy um where was i going with this okay uh but see the thing is though um i would say that while i agree that there are plenty of superhero films out there um most of them were part of the mcu telling one big story so right uh i it's almost fair to put them all in one category since it is just one long narrative. Um, There weren't really any standouts like this is, this is it and only it Um, it's all been one uh, overarching story.
1: But you also have things like Watchmen and things like The Boys. Sure, sure, and, sure. And, and those are and those are great, right? But you, you you see a lot of comics being adapted into shows and movies now and people are like, I need to jump on that. So lots of that stuff. And you have the failed attempts we've seen what's happened when it's put in bad hands, like Suicide Squad. That was just
0: straight up garbage. But we're <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is I always forget about that movie until someone says something. It's It's like kind of suicide. (laughs) (laughs) He said it. He said it. That's so funny. Oh, geez. Uh, Anyways. Can I I continue? Yes, sir. Please. All right. Matthew Rosa from Salon.com. He's a top critic, you know. Yet with great power comes great responsibility. And one such responsibility as a critic is to admit when you've made a mistake. So he must have harped on comic book movies and then he's like oh shit this one's actually pretty good oh hmm. all right uh katie smith huang from flick fest combined with a fast-paced action sequence uh, an energetic soundtrack the film is a heady cocktail of entertainment okay so here's the thing the soundtrack blows me away mm-hmm. the the music in this movie just fucking cranks it up to 11 and it and it is helping tell the story and and i love that you know because yeah. uh, with it being animated um they get away with a lot of of liberties um characters can say and do things that just kind of it makes it work and, and sometimes it can be reversed to where just it just looks like a hot mess but in this case i am 100 on board with this movie and the music has a lot to do with that
1: Agreed. Right from the get go, we mm-hmm. we we hear it, and um, yes, I think it fits each character. It fits the the mold of the film in general, and it's very thematic. So, right. I I truly agree with you on this. Sweet.
0: Um, a couple more. Hannah Lodge from the Beat. Spider Verse looks more like a gorgeous comic than a reproduction of a live action film. Couldn't agree more. Um, when when someone says a comic book movie. This is a comic book movie, and I, I think that it is probably, I, I would say that it is 100% safe to say, I'm just going to just throw this out there, that not only is this my favorite Spider-Man film, but it is my favorite non-MCU comic book movie.
1: Wow. it yeah.
0: was a hot take. Yeah. I like where your head is at in that. Um, I don't, I don't see our Christian science (laughs) interview. Dang it. (laughs) He didn't. didn't, this movie is the devil. Spider-Man's the devil. He didn't want to go see (laughs) it. Yeah, maybe spiders are the devil to him. But uh, Richard Brody from the New Yorker, he says, the spectacularly colorful, varied, and busy animation is impressive, but bombastic, leaving little room for wonder and suggesting exertion rather than inspiration. I think this man is incorrect <laughs> as subjective <laughs> as reviews can be this man is wrong right <laughs> and do you have the box oh sorry no, no that's fine um i was done i have finished Ooh. i have spoken as nick nolte says do you have the box office numbers for you? i do okay. so let's know it cost 18 billion trillion dollars to make was it like ninety million? The budget was ninety million dollars. So I couldn't, I couldn't find. It. I had to just pull numbers out of the air. You can do that in math. There's imaginary numbers. It's crazy. Whatever, make it work. Uh, anyway, budget was ninety million dollars USD. Uh, domestic opening was only thirty-five million. People just weren't on board. And keep in mind, this is came out around Christmas time. This was uh, December fourteenth, um, and audience members just weren't really flocking to it. Um, domestic total was one hundred ninety million. Whereas worldwide it was three seventy five, so it's interesting though because I think that
1: uh, the advertising wasn't huge for this. I mean, I remember when it came out and people were excited for it, but I even was like, "Oh, it's just an animated spider movie. I'm not going to be that blown away." But then word of mouth and reviews and stuff like I saw it. I think the week after it came out, and I just heard people were like, "You have to see it. It's it's so good," and I was very very impressed. But I thought it was just going to be a Um, animated Spider-Man film. I did not know the premise necessarily. I knew what the Spider-Verse was, but I didn't know how they were going to incorporate it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cheesy. But I think that's maybe why the opening weekend wasn't so high with it. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Some trivia really quick uh, or some fun facts. If you hit pause anytime a train goes, because all the animators wanted to animate Stan Lee, he's in almost every single train oh r.i.p um pop pop culture as miles knows it is very very different on spider-man's arrival alone the audience can see advertisements for a jockey comedy starring seth roken called hold your horses i remember seeing that john mulaney and nick kroll star in hi hello instead of oh hello the proposed sean of the dead sequel from dusk till sean was actually produced there's a clone high movie and bridesmaids is instead about baby showers. It was just called baby showers. Um, In the meet Spider-Gwen movie clip, Gwen says that she is the one and only Spider-Gwen. When her origin is told in the movie itself, she says she is the one and only Spider-Woman. In the comic book universe, Spider-Gwen is just her solo series title. Therefore, that codename is used only for marketing purposes, while Gwen uses Spider-Woman as her in-universe hero name. Mm And that's it. Yeah, those are fun, fun facts. So, um, okay. Are you ready to, to do this? Yes. I will read a quick synopsis. I promise it's quick, but yeah, here we go. I don't know <laughs> Well, let's see. <laughs> Miles Morales is a New York teenager, teenager struggling with imposed greater expectations. Forced to go to a new school for gifted minds by his parents, Miles feels that like he has no control of his life. His police officer father Jefferson and nurse mother Rio love him, and they just want what's best for him. But Miles would rather be like his uncle Aaron, living carefree and open. When Aaron takes Miles to throw up some art in an abandoned subway, Miles is bit by a radioactive spider and develops power similar to an already existing Spider-Man with an additional electric sting and invisibility attribute. Miles seeks answers as he heads back to the subway, accidentally discovering a particle collider that Spider-Man is trying to stop. Spider-Man gives Miles a goober to stop the collider, but is ultimately killed by Kingpin after an explosion opens up different dimensions. The world mourns the death of Peter Parker as Miles has the heaviest guilt weighed upon him. Miles is intercepted by an older, fatter and more cynical Peter B. Parker from a different dimension. Pete explains what happened and tells Miles that he will need a goober to shut down the collider so he can get back home. The two are successful and through the course of their journey, end up meeting other spider people in the same predicament as Pete. Miles volunteers to help send them all home using the collider, but quickly shows that his lack of control of his abilities is what holds him back. Saddened and alone, Miles visits his uncle Aaron's house only to realize that he is the prowler. Miles warns that the other spider warns the other spiders about this, but is too late as a group of baddies attack. Miles fights the prowler and reveals himself to Aaron, who in turn spares his life. This is cut short, though, when Kingpin shoots Aaron in the back. Aaron tells Miles that he is sorry that he let him down and that he knows Miles is the best of them. Miles wants revenge, but the spiders won't allow that due to him not being ready. Pete webs up Miles and takes the goober with the rest of the team, heading to use the collider to go back home. Jefferson visits Miles and explains that he knows that he will do great things, that he just needs that spark. Miles finally knows what he must do and embraces his choices. After escaping, Miles finds a waiting Aunt May who has a suit ready for him. Miles then heads to the Collider, saves his friends, sends them home, faces off against the Kingpin, and destroys the Collider, saving the day. Jefferson thanks Miles and explains that he looks forward to working with him again. We finally see Miles narrate his story as Spider-Man while he zips through New York City, explaining that anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask. And if you didn't know that before, he hopes you do now. Sometimes it's all about taking a leap of faith. Wow. You like it? That was written by the D.R. Zachary (laughs) Daryl. Darnell. That
0: was written. Darnell.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So you loved this movie, correct? Yes. OK, I also absolutely love this movie and I agree with you. This is my favorite Spider-Man movie by far, and it is possibly my favorite superhero movie of all time. I don't know if I can say it's my favorite superhero movie yet, but it is my all time favorite Spider-Man. And I just absolutely love this movie. Did, did you see it in theaters?
0: I did not. No.
1: oh OK, I was, so, uh, I, remember- I was
0: moving at the time, <laughs> which complicated. Oh, things
1: yeah so i saw it in theaters and it wasn't a packed theater but i was so happy and it just reminded me of why i go to movies i mean i felt like a kid again just just watching this movie and i grew up with spider-man i mean you know i read some of the comics and stuff were I, in I school together. To... yeah <laughs> me and peter i was Flash tom <laughs> um penis <Parker>. we... <laughs> oh
0: my god anyway
1: we um, but watching the, watching the movie, you know, I grew up with Spider-Man, the animated series on, uh, on Fox. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> yeah, one.
0: Yeah, the one that's like, that's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. The theme song. And radio Spider-Blood, <laughs> Spider-Blood. Yeah, I'm radio. just like, Banner, Banner, and Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> drive Roll, through Rose Hill. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I grew up with that, um, and uh, and I had all the toys, and I had, you know, comics. I would just start to buy comics and read them, but this movie was such a delight and such a treat, and I think that it brought back all that nostalgia, and it paid homage to actual comic books. You said that this is a great comic book movie. That's that's what it is, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It is like you picked up a comic book and slapped it on the TV. That's, that's what it is, except so, so much more. But, yeah, I... Loved it. Absolutely. All right. Um, I really loved how they started with the origin stories. So right as it starts, you know, you have Chris Pine playing the blonde Spider-Man and he explains his origin story. But it's not. And everyone knows Spider-Man's origin story for the most part. But how they treated this was it was quick. It was like one or two minutes. They gave a bunch of pokes and prods to failed attempts in pop culture uh they even made fun of spider-man 3 when he does the dancing stuff so i really really liked it and it was it was concise enough with just information just enough information to give you the insight in an incredibly stylish way um shameek moore really crushed it as miles i really like him a lot he was in the movie dope And I think that he was fantastic in this because he he didn't seem inauthentic. And like you said, every voice actor was was just so good in this movie. I think that he was really great. And you kind of felt like he was struggling to to discover himself. Yeah. Uh, Okay. here's here's a good question for you. This is open ended. So why do you think that this movie appeals
0: to everyone or anyone? Um, well, I, I think that, uh, Spider-Man is a very relatable character. Um, we all, it's, it's all part of, of growing up, um, sort of in the, in the Peter Pan sense, (laughs) you know, like you, you, there comes a point in everyone's life where they just have to take charge and, and control their own destiny. And I think Spider-Man has a lot to do with that. And you have to decide for yourself, you know, what kind of person you're going to be. And I, I hope that most of us want to be good people. And Spider-Man tries really, 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 really hard to, to be what's expected of him. And more importantly, to have his own self-confidence and no longer doubt himself and, and just be that hero that he was born to be. So, and I agree with you. Um, I think
1: that like, I don't believe in destiny, but I do think that there are certain callings that we have that we must answer the call. And I think that in the Sam Raimi films, you see and even the I don't remember who directed the Amazing Spider-Mans, but uh, Ma- even on those ones. Mark
0: Webb, maybe, does his name. Oh, which, which is kind right. of funny because yeah. his name's Webb, like a Spider-Man <laughs> movie anyway.
1: <laughs> so in those, I mean, you have your with great power with great power comes great responsibility and you don't really see much reluctance in in Peter. I mean, he's confused on what's going on, but then he's like, all right, I'm just going to take this because my uncle said so. Now, in these movies, you have a 15 year old Miles, however old he is, and he is just reluctant to do much with his life. He doesn't his parents want him to to go to school to learn. They think he's going to be brilliant. He's really smart, but he is just holding back because he sees his uncle Aaron and he really looks up to him. He he loves street art and it's kind of like no one is really they understand him or know him. And so as soon as he finds these that he has these powers as soon as he's bit, he meets that Spider-Man and he says, you know, I don't want to be Spider-Man and, and Spider-Man says, I don't think you have a choice with this buddy. So um, I think that the reluctance that Miles has in this is, is so humanizing. And I think it goes a long way for the story. And it's, it's funny that they, the famous line in Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that it's funny in this film, they either, get it wrong or they never say it other than the very opening ordinance story from uncle Ben, you hear a voiceover from uncle Ben, but did you notice that, that they never really said it? Yeah. So I think that's kind of what, what they were playing on. It's almost subversion at its best when they do that. Uh, I think that, excuse me, sorry. I think that it's great to, Just accept or not accept that responsibility, but really kind of play around with the idea of the choice and and why you have to do it. Um, I think that a central theme of this film is choice. And we see series of choices and ripple effects that Miles must face throughout the film. And some are very on the nose. So you know becoming spider-man he has to make that choice and some are more subtle like did you notice his shoelaces how that was a reoccurring right thing? he's like it's a choice <laughs> right and and so each time he makes a choice we see the consequences so when he doesn't tie his shoes he trips when he's trying to run across the building and he breaks the goober mm-hmm. right and then uh, yeah, when someone in school is like, oh, your shoes aren't tied," He's like, that's a choice. Uh, he trips when he's putting stickers up on the sign and falls in front of his dad's car because of shoelaces. So every choice he has has a, has a consequence. And I think that they they hammer that home really well. Uh, for the entire film, Miles is able to choose the type of Spider-Man he wants to be while also being reluctant at first. So he doesn't have to fit to the to the norms. And I think you have all these various Spider-Mans who are like, it's almost like, be like me, be like me, be like me. But he's like, no, I'm my own thing. And instead of everybody telling him what he, he needs to do, he's, he's choosing what he wants to do. And so I really, really like that a lot. Does that make yes. sense? Sorry, yeah, if that was okay. a lot. <laughs> I think that's I mean, I I truly love this movie and I think it's so powerful and I think it's incredibly deep. Um, I watched a really good uh, video on it from Wisecrack on YouTube and they, they touch. On a lot of these, so I I borrowed some of these ideas, but it was everything that I was thinking. So, I mean, choices affect us all the time. You know, life is about choices, and the act of choosing can adversely affect our lives in in negative and positive ways. And I think that to progress as humans, we need to sometimes take a leap of faith, regardless of the outcome. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't choose to take chances on my life. Um, even though I may have not felt like I was ready for it, it still helped shape me to who I am today. I I think, I think you can attest to that also. I mean, you moving to California was a, it was a leap of faith. You, (laughs) you, it was a different paradigm than what you were used to for, for the job force, but it was something that you wanted to do and you knew you had to do. And you made that choice. Uh, like you controlled your own quote unquote destiny.
0: Yeah, I think moving to seattle from california originally yeah i didn't have a job when i moved up there i was just like you know what this is where i need to be so i'm going and i did it and i had an amazing decade in seattle and then coming back it was just perfect timing you know the opportunity knocked i answered the door and i was like yep i gotta do it um back to (laughs) spider-man one of the things that uh i really like about it is that miles morales is a child Um, I think that that's important to note with Spider-Man that it's always more fun when he's a kid. You know, even like Tobey Maguire was 27 when Spider-Man came out. Andrew Garfield was like 29. Uh, Tom Holland was 21 (laughs) with uh, Homecoming. Of course, we saw him in Civil War before that, but at least he's closer, excuse me, in age to to what I relate to as Spider-Man. But what I like about Miles Morales is um, that he's a child and he's scared, and he is all alone. Yeah, he he's surrounded by other fellow Spider-Men, as it were, but uh, his own father has told him that he hates Spider-Man, and so s- someone that he should be able to go to, his own father, who's who's in his life and has an, an active role as a, as a parent, someone that loves him, he feels that he can't even go to him because of what he said about Spider-Man. Now he is miles has become the very thing that his father hates and he's scared of that. And so he definitely feels alone and we've all felt alone at times. And it's, it's very, it's, it's hard. You know, the walls are closing in on you. You got nowhere to go and you feel completely alone. And, and it's, it's almost unbearable. And on top of that, he got to witness his hero be murdered right in front of his eyes. And he's Mm -hmm. trying really hard to, to do what's expected of him, but he's just not ready. And, 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 I feel like most of us can relate to that. We've all been there whether it be pressure from a parent, from school, your peers, whatever. Boyfriend, girlfriend doesn't matter. There's always something that that is that is trying to push you and you aren't ready. And when when you when that time comes, no one can no one can really say, "Hey, this has to be. It's up to you to decide when that's going to be." And when you can finally come to terms with that and you are ready, It's just going to hit you like a bolt of lightning and you are just going to thrive and blossom into whatever it is that you were supposed to be. And when that happens in this movie, I like start crying. Like, I can't take it when he (laughs) when he goes to Aunt May and she's like, oh, you're finally or whatever. And then she gives him his suit and he starts swinging and the music's playing like I lose it. I'm like, oh, my God, Spider-Man. This is so cool. And I feel like we've all kind of had that moment in our lives where you just you almost get to have like this. um out-of-body experience where you can just step back and say yep that's me right there
1: yeah that was um that was i agree with you completely like i mean i was so invested emotionally into this movie and this is why i love movies so much but i was so invested emotionally that that part was was the the pinnacle of the film. And I I lost it, too. I was like, oh, my God, it's so cool, because, you know, you have that when Jefferson visits his door and he's just trying to reach his son and you have a an actual physical barrier between them. And he explains to him, he's like, you don't have to say I love you, you know, but like, I just want to tell you that you're going to do great things. And it just it like chokes me up every time. And the fact that he finally realizes his responsibility that he needs to take control of it and he just needs that spark. You know, and it's like he finally accepts who he is. It's just the culmination of the entire film. And I thought it was so beautifully done and so brilliant. And even like when he visits Aunt May and she's like, I have a suit for you. He makes it his own. He uses his street art and he creates his own amazing badass spider suit, which I think is my favorite one in all the, the series. But I I agree with you, man. It's it's such a powerful moment. Yeah.
0: He's, he's, yeah. good. <laughs> he's good. He's
1: um, good. But yeah, like I, I, I think, I think that the the boyish, the boyish charm of it is 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 it's great. It's it's more akin to how we. The, the readers are, and I think that Tom Holland actually does a really good job of it, too. He seems like a high school student. He doesn't seem like he's 21 right. or 22 <laughs> like, or whatever. How he many seems years like did he you get <laughs> held back? <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> he, he he seems like he's having fun, and he seems like he doesn't know. And then remember when we were talked earlier, you were talking about uh, Homecoming, and you talked about the scene in which – he's trapped under the, Oh, the right, rug. right, right. Do you want to kind of el- elaborate? A yeah. Cause I
0: think what's important about that scene is that he thinks that you know, he realizes that Holy smokes, this, the stakes are pretty high. Like I could die right now. And he's screaming for help. He's, he's singing, somebody help me. Someone help me. And he starts crying and it's very powerful. You're like, you are remi- in that moment. You are reminded that, that Peter Parker is a child and he's out there risking his life to save the world. And and it's it's almost unbearable. You're like, oh my god, this this is this is too much. And I think that that's important to be reminded that that there are people out there that are doing things that are like helping us. Whether it's like whatever, police officers, firefighters. What like firefighters are like the ultimate heroes to me. Like I wave to them. I'm I'm fucking almost forty years old, and when I see a fireman, I'm like, hey, <laughs> like honk at my horn. Like you guys are the best, man. <laughs> uh, where's your calendar at? I um. I I just, I love heroes. And, and in this case, he's a, he's a child and that's just, it's a lot to handle. And I just, I feel bad for the kid.
1: Well, and even, even when, uh, Chris Pine's Spider-Man dies, he, you know, they're, they're like, he's 26 and he was Spider-Man for the last 10 years. So that dude was 16 years old when he, when he started as Spider-Man and he made that choice that he needed to save the city. His motivations were the great power, great responsibility. So it was a little bit different. But um, the world did not have a Spider Man. He was the very right. first. And I think th- I think that uh, the the reaction from every other character, every side character, learning the news of Spider Man's death and how upset everyone was, that mirrored exactly how I think we would all feel. Because I don't think you could go anywhere and say, "Hey, do you know who Spider Man is?" And people would say, "I have no idea who that is." Everyone knows Spider Man. And I think that we all have a very deep rooted love for him um, or her iterations of her. But we all have a deep rooted love for the character. So when when you have something like that, that's wholesome and good and and a savior to the city and it just goes away and we lose it. We all come together and we all feel that somber feeling. And I think that they did such a good job of of relaying that through animation like it's so it's so hard to do it oh totally when that
0: when the song's playing uh scared in the dark uh, little wayne and and tydell on one um it's it's pretty good and he buys his costume yeah. from stan lee and it's all kind of creepy <laughs> he's like it always oh. <laughs> and uh and there's all those people that are gathered around and music's playing and, and he's like he's like oh you're counting on me kind of thing and uh, I just, I love it. I love it so much. I know it's, and
1: it's such a good cameo by Stan, but yeah, he's like, what if it doesn't fit? And he tells him it well, always eventually. fits eventually. Like, <laughs> A little
0: glare on his teeth and
1: stuff. <laughs> and then it says no refunds <laughs> to the left of him. No, I was just going to say that was just such a, a fitting send off because I believe that that was Stanley's actual last cameo. They inserted him in in, in Endgame or whatever, but that was his like last
0: cameo, and it was just it hit it hit me. Oh, so I'm sorry. Um, and I really like uh, the way uh, Kingpin looked. Wilson Fisk. I thought that he just looked larger than life. Uh, Lou Schreiber played totally. the, the voice. But he's just such a, a huge figure, and I love that. And I also liked how Catherine Hahn was, was Doc Ock. I thought that was great.
1: So, let's talk about that real quick. So, I really enjoyed... I agree with you. I really enjoyed how the villains were portrayed in this. Um, all the other human characters were pretty normal. They weren't absurd. I mean, Jefferson was had a big upper body. He just needed to do more leg day. But um, all the other... The baddies were very, very prominent. So... Uh, yeah, Doc Ock. She was, she was crazy. She was this like hippie style yeah. chick, very alternative. <laughs> yeah. But she had out of Pacific Northwest, her, pretty much.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> her arms were almost like the, these tubes, like um, oh gosh, I don't even know, like plumbing tubes, kind of. And then, uh, yeah, Kingpin was gigantic, and his head was all weird shaped. Uh, Lizard was just this winged giant creature scorpion was basically like robotic so there is there's a whole bunch of cool changes with this and i thought that that was so fun to do and i think that's something you can only really do in in an animated movie like this it was something like i've never seen before with the animation style mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah um let's talk about the animation really quick you like i did obviously. i did i liked
0: how you saw the little dots uh like it was printed on a page I, I, mm-hmm. that just was amazing it it literally looked like a comic book movie or a comic book just came to life on my TV and it and just the way i think uh, this is one of those times where technology really just benefits <laughs> like it just it it just looks so crisp and clear and every image just pops right off your TV um I mean I, I'm fortunate enough to have you know a, a fifty five uh, inch four k TV and Sitting close and in front of it, it just blows me away. It's just one of those times where the the page just looks amazing. And if you could pause this movie at any moment, it, it never looks bad. It just looks amazing.
1: Right. It actually benefits from pausing because the animators threw in so many fun uh, callbacks and motifs and everything to, to various superhero films and Spider-Man lore. But yeah, the, you, you're right. Like the, you see those. They're called Ben Day dots from uh, an animator back in the day. Uh, but they're basically those little dots that they use instead of printing a whole uh, full colored circle because it was cheaper to do the dots back in the day to show depth. So they use that a bunch the panels that they do, they don't do any word bubbles really, but they do like sound effects. Like you'll hear like thwip and it'll say thwip on the top. Um, it just gives life and familiarity to one of the uh, most beloved superheroes of all time. And it's just a true love letter to comics. Um, we, we did a, an unaired episode of, of our podcast early on about speed racer. And a lot of people didn't like that at first because they thought the CGI was over the top. But I think that that was an incredibly faithful adaptation to, um, an anime anime is just big, bold, you know, exuberant, all that kind of stuff. And, and this is a true homage to comic books where you can get away with almost anything and we finally have seen this and they've given us this 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 gold standard on, on how you want to go from page to script to or page to screen I should say. So we've seen comic book movies but with live action you're you're so limited. With this yeah. you can do Get so away with much anything it. and it's it's yeah and it's absolutely gorgeous yeah. and it's absolutely just yeah amazing. So I agree. Don't be you. crazy. I'll try not to Um, with 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 animation. It's tough, though, too, because you don't hinge on on actors. So you could have a really weak script and a really good actor could save your your subpar movie. But I think that the writing of this film is superb.
0: Yeah, but you can also have really good writing and bad acting. (laughs) And with with voice acting, it's really tricky Uh, there. For example, like the new Mortal Kombat game, um, Ronda Rousey is not a good voice actress and it just kills it every time sony blade is on 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 screen in the game i'm just like oh my god i can't take it like i just want to rip my ears off and um i mean she could beat the shit out of me in in like the octagon and that's fine and dandy but that doesn't mean that she should be you know voice acting and or at least get better at it because i can't take it it's so bad um and it's not something that anybody can do it is a it is a very fine art and every human being in this movie knocks it out of the park.
1: Totally. It's it's like they've done it before. And I, I don't really know how many of them have voiced animated characters before, but they all seem like they're seasoned vets.
0: Right. <laughs> like J- Jake Johnson, dude, just just knocks it out of the park. I fucking love that guy so much. Everything he does, I think he is so funny.
1: I like when they're eating burgers. That was the funny part, too. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you you got this, right? I'm not really liquid right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just in his sweatpants. (laughs) It's all that fits. I love that so much. Well,
1: and he's, but so he's, he's, he's very funny in it, but he's also incredibly sincere. I mean, you. Oh yeah. 100% genuine. Yeah. you, Yeah. you, You feel for him. I mean, he, he takes on that, that fatherly figure for miles and he truly loves him. He truly cares for him. You know, his whole, Hey buddy, you got this and all these different things. Uh, ultimately, realizing he's like, maybe I do want kids, right? You know, he's like, Miles, I'm so proud of you, and <laughs> yeah. maybe I do want kids. Uh, when yeah. he when he sees MJ again, and she's like, Hey, can we get more bread? He's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't give you what you needed. Like, you really feel for him, and I think that that is a great example of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's he's good. he's like good.
0: he can he can turn invisible on command. Can't do it on command. He can't do it on command. <laughs> <laughs> that's true
1: that's pretty much it that's pretty much it (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i like what you were saying about kingpin earlier about the animation but i i do want to talk about his motivations so um his motivation for using the particle collider was to bring his family back and they he made a choice kingpin made a choice back to kind of what i was saying about choices is he was going to kill or seriously hurt spider-man so his family Saw that was the reaction his family saw and ran away and they ended up getting killed by a truck. He he made a choice that had a a reaction and he is not owning up to his choice. So he is instead of trying to change the way he is, he's trying to bring back something from the past, thus creating a whole ripple effect and creating a bigger, bigger issue than what it should have been. Now, he's not incredibly sinister in this choice. He wants his family back. That's a pretty wholesome thing to to want. And we keep seeing this in a lot of comic book films. We saw it with Thanos who basically said he wants to eliminate half the world's po- the universe's population but in, it's in order to save the other half. Now, there's a lot of debate on what's right or what's wrong with that. And then same with Killmonger. I would Killmonger. say that
0: killing is always wrong.
1: A- absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. I-, I know what you mean, but I'm leaving I'm leaving this up for for discussion. But with Killmonger, you can sympathize also with him where he lost everything he had. And he wants to take Wakanda back to basically military military. Mili- uh, military yeah the world or i'm sorry wakanda and basically take over the world so there's certain things that you can you can pull from each each villain's uh theory or their their mindset that you're kind of like you know what i kind of see what what we're seeing so why have we seen so many sympathetic supervillains in in films
0: um well i'm not really sympathetic for fisk no for fisk you weren't uh no really he's a bad bad man
1: but he's just trying to get his family back man he's like i mean i feel
0: feel bad for his family but i do not feel bad for him i think this is this is one of those times Zach, where you're just gonna have to take a step back and ask yourself how do my actions affect others and in this case his actions killed his family
1: totally And, and his actions if he doesn't stop will kill a lot
0: more and he was in the middle of trying to murder someone, <laughs> oh, so yeah. I don't. I don't feel bad for him. I feel bad for his wife and child.
1: That scene in, in Black Panther, just to um, digress a little bit, is uh, when he sees his father again, and you know he's a kid, and he's like, "Don't you have tears for your father or whatever?" I I lost it in that part in Black Panther. Yeah. I thought it was so well done because you don't really get that. Per, uh, that perspective from the villain. So yeah, I think never. I think that comic book movies, in general, are just evolving in the sense of tr- trying to make their their villains a lot more multidimensional. dimensional, um, no pun intended. But they want to give it more more heart to the fight. So there's a reason that you can kind of look
0: at these people and be like, they're not just a James Bond villain of the week, right? So because those are those are always um you know unsuccessful you, for the longest time loki was the only villain worth a damn in the MCU
1: right cuz he was smart he actually you know th- he cared for thor even though he had this kind of like hatred on top thor cared for him but you're like why do you gotta keep messing up loki you keep yeah. doing all the bad things
0: eh same oh. <laughs> versus versus like um you know that dark elf in that second thor movie and oh, then gosh Ah, uh, whatever we got the red face guy and captain America, <laughs> captain <laughs> red face, <laughs>
1: red skull, red skull. Very there you go.
0: <laughs> oh, the red face guy there. Um, yeah, they're just, they're just not good. I, you had, you had the dude, you had, um, even whiplash wasn't even all that good. Uh, and iron man two, uh, Justin hammer slash, you know, uh, Mickey Rourke,
1: yeah and they tried to make mickey Rourke it's similar i mean you know yeah his
0: family died from tony stark's weapons yeah yeah. i mean i I get it but it didn't do a good job of making me feel bad for the guy
1: no no and i but see but i really felt i did feel for, for kingpin now his his method i did not agree with um his, his choices, but that goes back to what I was saying too. Like they have these ripple effects and he's not willing to own up to those things. He is like, I don't care what it takes. I'm getting my family family back. I don't care if I destroy all these dimensions and ruin New York city, I'm getting them back. But he's not, he's so stubborn that he's not going to accept the fact that by him wanting to kill Spider-Man, that's what killed his, his, his wife and kids. He blames Spider-Man for their death and that's wrong. So I do feel for him in the sense of like he just he misses his family and he would do anything. I mean, it's crazy, man. When you when you when you have love, you'll do crazy things. Yes. Like Pop Rocks and Pepsi. Oh,
0: can't do that. You'll die. (laughs)
1: That's an urban legend. (laughs)
0: Uh, What else you got? uh,
1: What else you got?
0: (laughs) Yeah. What what else you got?
1: (laughs) So. We uh this is rhetorical because we already answered this, but I said, "Is this the best Spider-Man film of all time?" Yes, and I think yes. What would be your second favorite Spider-Man of all time?
0: Spider-Man Two. Yeah, why? Because it's good. That, and that's you got a the very good way. To you say got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good moment, It's a <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, Doc Ock's <laughs> got the got the boobs, and I like it. Um... <laughs> Boops. <laughs> oh yeah, that's in our that's in our soundbite at yeah. the beginning too. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. have the
1: same cup size. That's Doc Ock.
0: <laughs> I do. Like, it's very relatable. Yeah, the I shop agree. at the same store. It's great. Um, I like the Spider Man too. I think it is good, and it came out um like on my birthday, and I saw it at midnight, and it was great. <laughs>
1: did Did you eat the Spider Man cereal like I did?
0: I had the Spider Man cereal. <sighs> no, I don't eat cereal. I'm better than that. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's dry and then you got to get it wet to eat. That's weird. I don't do that. Shout out to all my cereal gang out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we the frosted mini wheats. What up? Um, so, yeah, I agree with you in the sense of Spider Man 2. And kind of like what I was saying with the origin story stuff, I am done with origin stories. I think they fit a very similar paradigm in each one where you have a normal person and maybe they're an outcast. Something happens to them. They experience changes, find out their powers. They have a trial and error period. And then they save the day almost by sheer luck, but by accepting who they are.
0: Right. And then they get knocked down really bad and then they come back to win them. Yeah. Yes. That that was was good with Tom Holland. Spider-Man is we, we didn't get any of that. We got the, we got to jump in after the fact,
1: totally. And that's and I loved that. But that's also why I really liked this movie is because they treated every single origin story from the different Spider People with the same kind of care. Where it was just basically like a minute, and it was just like a like comic panels, and they give you just enough for it. Because I mean, I knew who Spider Man Noir was, but for a casual moviegoer, they might not really know much about it. And he gives you kind of his his backstory in a too long didn't read version so i thought that that was was handled very very well mm-hmm. uh and in spider-man 2 we don't have to worry about an origin story because he's already he's already spider-man so that's why we just jump right to this action and doc Ock was such a good villain like alfred molino is just amazing in it but
0: um, brilliant but lazy
1: yeah who who's your favorite aside from miles who is your favorite spider-man in this movie
0: Oh man, easily Jake Johnson, Spider Man. Really? Peter B, yeah.
1: I don't know. Why I'm surprised by that. I mean, they're all good choices, but yeah, I for me it was uh Spider-Man noir. I just loved everything that he was saying and his lines, you know, real hard boiled seer sucker or whatever. Saying <laughs> 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 yeah. so yeah, right. <laughs> I drink egg creams. Sometimes I light matches just to feel or just, and let it burn to the tip just so I could feel something.
0: Right. I think <laughs> I think I just like how um that Peter Parker is like a father figure to him. He's very supportive uh, no matter what he's there for him. Like he, he just never left his side. And I really, really, really like that. And even when he realized that, um, yeah, he was like, I'm just going to go home. I just got to get the hell out of here. This isn't my world. It's not my problem. But then it literally just took him climbing to the top of that building to realize that he has to do it. He's Spider-Man. And I, I love that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they each, so I'll specifically speak to Spider Gwen, Miles, and Pete B. Parker. They all learn something from each other and and really kind of uncover what they want. So Gwen is like, I alienated myself because if I have friends, they're just going to die. I don't want people close to me. By the end of the film, she's friends with Miles. She's friends with all of them and realizes that it's okay to have friends. Pete B. Parker realizes that maybe he does want to be a father and maybe he shouldn't be so introvert. And he should actually take chances a little more. But he he realizes what he truly missed, and that's MJ. And then Miles obviously with everything else. But
0: he's like um, can, he's like, I think I handled it pretty well. <laughs> and it shows him crying in the
1: shower. That was so funny. He's like, Yeah, I worked out, I was doing crunches, just eating pizza.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Just love yeah. it. That's, he's, that's, he's, if I were Spider Man, that's that's me right there. Just <laughs> some fat fuck Spider Man
1: he's more of a cynical spider-man too which is great but i mean he's been spider-man for 22 years yeah, so he's over it. You, yeah he's he's kind of over it but i think that's that's it it's like he chose this and he has a responsibility now as spider-man to continue to act and i think miles reinstills that you know invigoration in, in him and we see it as as basically a microcosm with the whole mj thing too but uh but yeah, my my buddy Jay Warren Farmer, he dressed up as uh, Pete B. Parker for for Halloween, and so he just had the Spider Man top, he had gray sweatpants on, and he had like a brown jacket over it, and I thought it was just it was perfect. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very very good. But I, I like that. I um, I think the one I didn't relate with much was probably Penny, uh, just because I didn't really know Penny Parker that much, uh, But... I am. Yeah. So that's all I really have. Um, I am incredibly excited for the sequel. They have already greenlit it. I think they're working on it now. I don't know when it will come out, but I just think that the possibilities are endless with what they can do in this universe.
0: And I I think it'll be much more successful uh, because this movie seems to be making a lot of money and buzz on the back end is one of those things where people saw it kind of like dread where not everybody saw it, but those who did loved it. And then you tell your friends about it, and then they watch it, and then they love it. So I think this is one of those word-of-mouth type of deals that um, now they have uh, a track record, and people will flock to it when the new one comes out.
1: I love Dread. We should do a podcast on it. Dude, we did. (laughs) Um, So there is another movie, too. Did you ever see, and it came out, I think, last year, Hide and Seek? Uh, No. It's with Samara Weaving, who is related to Hugo Weaving, I think. Uh, anyways, she is a starlet. She is fantastic. It is basically a horror film. Well, it is a horror film, and you would really like it. Oh, just she... one that
0: gets married and then she's got to run yes. for her life, kind of thing. Yes, never, they, they never play a that. game.
1: They play a game, and it is it is very good. But that's one of the ones that you tell people. My my friend Brando, he was telling people, and. Um, like a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I've never heard of this. It looks really good. And I'm like, it's fantastic. Uh, I saw it on a plane from coming home after I left your place. I was I watched it on the plane home and I'm like, whoa, dude, this is really good. So highly recommend that. But anyways, um, cool. Can I read a, a few comments from some of our listeners? Sure. Cool. OK, so on Facebook, I just said. Isn't it called Ready or
0: Not? To- that movie you're talking about?
1: Oh, God, why did I say hide and seek? Yes, Ready or <clears> Not. <throat> I am so stupid. Don't see hide-and-seek. It's awful. Is it? The Ford? <laughs> I don't know. No, there's a there's like a Halloween movie there's called hide-and-seek. like, hide and like seek. 18 hide-and-seek movies, but... I think it's what Anna Paquin is the one I'm thinking oh. of. No, no, no. So so Ready or Not is the one that I was trying to tell you about. Sorry, I apologize. I am I don't have any giggle juice like you do. So. Yeah, the
0: giggle juice. <laughs> giggle, 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 <laughs> <laughs> What? You know, like the bubbles, 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 bubbles from... Um, Finding Nemo, but this is the giggle. Oh, God. not matter
1: So I just all I all I said was, "Uh, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? What did you love or hate about I this movie?" I just told you. I spent the last hour telling you. I'm not asking you. No, I'm asking. I'm saying on Facebook, <laughs> uh, ready or not, I'm asking Facebook. I so, didn't think uh, or not. <laughs> aj <laughs> lippert said lol it's funny uh well thought out great plot true to the comics great for kids and graphically it's well done i agree i think that it is it is very good for the kids it's very good
0: for adults too adults get a lot of the jokes i am 39 kids, and a half and i enjoy it i endorse totally this do. movie. you know what i really like is i like how his spider-man logo is like looks like spray painted
1: uh my yeah, yeah on his chest, it looks like yeah' he's
0: he, he spray paints, again. I know, I'm just saying, I like that,
1: oh totally, I think it's it's so great, and the fact that there's still red left on the hands and the feet mm-hmm. like he he didn't spray the entire thing, uh that scene, man, when he jumps from that building like we were talking about earlier, and it inverts the camera completely yeah. inverts, and it goes Woo-hoo! I was like, oh man, um, yeah, Woo-hoo! that was. <laughs> 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 I had my my bucket of popcorn and I was just like Rawr. yeah it's boring, it's so.
0: good it's good it's good and then like uh um what is it called it's what's up danger is the song that's playing
1: like what's up danger and then it's
0: like Stop <laughs> <"Kiss> now <domino." laughs> oh it's so good yeah is that your workout mix yeah it, <laughs> the song is 3 minutes and 42 seconds i get i get quite a workout <laughs>
1: Uh, Matt Geyer said absolutely loved the CGI cell shading weird type of animation weird in a good way though um, Dylan Jupp says soundtrack is legit as heck thanks for being PC on that uh, Matt Kaufman this is good he says everything about the movie I loved and my daughter loved it so much she went as M.M. Spider-Man oh
0: shit M.M. Spider-Man
1: um, the soundtrack, as phenomenal, had you up and down and on edge of your seat. The confusion of Miles going to a new school only to be followed by the confusion of becoming a new Spider-Man. Agreed, it was like puberty. Kind of. it's, a puberty the, <laughs> it's a puberty thing. It's a puberty thing. Like I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> hey, oh my god, dude! I was dying that part. He's like, hey. <laughs> hey,
0: the shoulder touch. Hey, hey. It reminds me of uh, Jumanji when they're like like this. Like this, like this, <laughs> like this. Uh, and
1: then the tragedy of, of Peter Parker's death. The different little jokes still make me laugh. Bagel and the epic spider bite, followed by the, by the slap. Yeah, when when yeah, he's taking the photo and the spider bites him. He looks at it and then just slaps it <laughs> dead. <Yeah. laughs> so cool. <laughs> it just reminds, like belly up. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, and like Matt said, the unique animation they did with the Ben Day dots really added to it, made you feel like you were in the comic. I agree. I also love the change in perspective after Miles Morales was bit, how it went from this kid walking around to now we can see his thoughts because they're so loud and now he's a Spider-Man. Um, Nicolas Cage playing Spider-Man Nick Cage was really yeah, good. Yeah, he's really I good. Just, and
0: he, he is like a super comic nut. Um, and I think even when, when he took on the role in kick-ass um, as uh oh, girl's yeah. dad, big, big, big dad, yeah, he, he was so good in that movie. I mean, Nicholas Cage has made a lot of terrible things, but he's also made a lot of really cool shit. And when he's, when he's 100% on board and he's bringing his a game, he, he can be an absolute uh, delight. Well,
1: I totally agree. I think that I want to see more roles like this from Nicholas Cage um, I think he's, he's he's deserving of it, mm-hmm. or 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 Caster Troy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm Caster Troy.
1: <laughs> uh, and on the Twitter there, our buddy Rob says, "Loved everything, hated nothing." Now I seriously need a rewatch. I don't think I've seen it in theaters.
0: Oh, well,
1: yeah, y- I guess there is nothing to really hate about this. Yeah, I guess I hated when it ended. So he's in.
0: <laughs> I'm curious to know because um, he's in Canada, and I'm interested mm-hmm. if his Netflix varies from ours if it is available for him to watch. Um, it's still North America, so I'm not sure, but um, I'm curious. It's probably just a
1: bunch of hockey movies, probably the Mighty Ducks. One, two, three, four, five, six and seven.
0: When um, I remember there was a time when you could get a Google Chrome extension that would change your location and you could watch Netflix as if you were in like the UK and they had different movies. Uh, you can use a vpn for that i was like wow yeah but (sighs) i don't want to do
1: that does it involve work because i don't want to do work it's
0: like there's like free ones and there's like pay ones and then there's just like i don't give a shit just give me my fucking internet
1: (laughs) i bought a life lifetime vpn for like Forty bucks oh, wow. off of N and gadget. Yeah. So I use that when I when I travel. But um and then Gabby Tron says, hate question mark, don't be crazy, exclamation mark. There's nothing to hate. LOL, I love this movie. Everything about it. This movie is Marley approved, my three year old. That's great. See? And I like that, that kids can, can like it too. Um I mean, it's 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 for adults, but it's also for kids. Oh. It appeals to everyone.
0: I um do you know the story behind Mr. Gabitron? I don't So elaborate uh fine young man uh he was a listener to the pixelated podcast and he lived in idaho and my father was in the hospital a couple years ago and i knew that that gabby tron because he was active on twitter with the pixelated podcast and i was like hey man i'm in i'm in idaho (laughs) and uh i didn't want to say the city just to for safety reasons or whatever but um i was like hey man if uh Thanks for always supporting the show. If you want to like grab a drink or something, let's let's do it. And then I met him and his wife and, and his kid, Marley. And she stole some of my fries from my plate. And she owes me some <laughs> freaking French fries, man. And uh, <laughs> anyway, we became really good friends. Uh, I had him on the Pixelate podcast one time when uh, Stephen couldn't make it. And I got hurt in like a dodgeball injury or something, I don't remember, but it <laughs> wasn't available. <laughs> and, uh, that sounds like a Steven injury. SK 2 k James. Um anyway, uh, yeah. How funny is that? I got to meet a, a listener and then a-, a fan, and, really and he became yeah, a friend. Yeah.
1: That's nice. That's cool. It's like uh, she stole your fries like uh, Peter B. Parker stole yeah. fries too. Exactly. Did you ask her to pay because you, you weren't very liquid? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Cool. Well, yeah, that's all I have to say about this movie. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't have it in 4K. I ended up streaming it on Netflix last night, which if you do pay for the 4K uh, Netflix subscription, you can get it in that, yeah. but um, I own it just on HD, Blu-ray and everything, but it is available for everyone to watch. If you have Netflix, my password is 1234 pizza, so you can borrow that. Um, my password but- is
0: inside of Zach.
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: what did you watch it on? I watched it on 4K Netflix. You have the, you pay for the. Yeah. Well, 4K. cause I have a bunch of goddamn moochers <laughs> that, that want to watch Netflix and they don't have money. And so I have the four accounts <laughs> and with that account, <laughs> extra four accounts, you get the, the 4K. It's like four accounts, 4K. Mm. Four, k. <laughs> four <laughs> k- counts with a K. <laughs> and so so that's how i do it gd moochers anyway but i also own it on 4k on uh i got it on hd movie codes for like eight bucks i
1: know i think i might honestly have to buy it just if it's if it's cheap like that i recently purchased uh joker in 4k uh it looks fantastic my guy that's sick of origin stories well, I know. So, well, this one was an alternative story because it's not even really like part of the he comic. He an alternative if you, if you lifestyle. He
0: listens to Pearl Jam, and rocks out with his makeup out. When he laughs
1: in Joker, it just terrifies me. I uh. a little spazzy. Yeah. It's,
0: it's so good, but cool. I think I think well, we damn. should I think we should do Joker. I think. we should, do you want I think to should I, talk about I that think, movie?
1: I I'd love to. I mean, it's a a heavy film i I'd, I'd love to i think i need after we talk about it i need a nice dose of sunshine and a whole bunch of bubble gum <laughs> i or something could be like a little that. ray of sunshine oh on a cloudy day yeah <laughs> it's cold outside you've got the month of may so yeah but that's all i have to say i love this movie so so much i recommend it to everybody and i don't think i've met a
0: single person who said a bad thing about it all right Don't be crazy. If you are one of those folks out there that just doesn't enjoy it, I feel more sorry for you than I do for (laughs) Kingpin. You probably don't like puppies and you don't like (laughs) apple
1: pie. I don't like
0: apple pie. I think apple pie sucks. I don't like baked apples. They taste stupid. There, I said it.
1: (laughs) I'm going to block that. Why Why don't you take us home there? You damn! You damn! Communist!
0: Frankenstein's <laughs> tugboat show. Uh, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Don't Be Crazy podcast. They had a really good time. Uh, this is one of those times where where Zach and I actually agree on something, and we both love Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and can't wait for a sequel. Hopefully, you feel the same way. Um, I am running out of movies to choose, so please help us out on the Twitter. Follow us at. Uh, db crazy pond at zachdale 60 and at Edgy Armo and tell me what you want us to talk about I love talking about movies but I hate picking them and Zach is the worst at picking them so (laughs) help us out (laughs) absolutely the worst oh my god I hate it (laughs) anyway thank you for listening as always and uh, you uh, you keep rocking and rolling baby
1: in the free world
0: keep on rocking in the free world
1: thank you for listening
0: thank you so much